Home of the classic hits, Coast FM 963. It's Saturday morning, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> and it's time for Pete and Sherilyn with the Gardening Gang today. Good morning, Sherilyn. Good morning, Pete. A little plug for our sponsor too because uh, they're keen to get some value for their investment in this program. We've got uh, Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs open all this weekend. Mm-hmm. In fact, this weekend they're also going to be at the Newcastle Caravan and Camping Show. Oh, and, of course, there's uh, our friends at Berkeley Vale, Doormaster, Security Doors and Windows. Today on The Gardening Gang, we're talking about friends. Yes, you've got to have friends. <laughs> I'm your friend. You've got to have some companions. Oh, is that like you and me, Pete? Yes, hand in hand we go through the bush. <laughs> Actually, going through the bush is correct. It's about companion planting, how plants that we put together in the garden can support and help each other and also ward off pests so they can protect and they can also help each other grow better. Now, we've got a couple of our very favourite experts joining us, Clara from Clara's Mini Urban Farm and also Central Coast Permaculture. Mm-hmm. She'll be talking about mostly veggie gardens and edible things and how we can grow those better by selecting good friends in the garden to go together. And right. everybody's favourite houseplant expert, Rachel O'Kell from Our Green Sanctuary, will be talking about companion planting indoors, believe it or not, Pete. Mm. Rachel O'Kell's all about um, creating mini climates, I think she calls it. We'll find out about that too, hopefully. Mm. Okay, it's all happening today. It's all about companions. Even if they don't like gardening, you've got a companion here at Coast FM. Like the two of us, Every Saturday morning (laughs) (laughs) with the Gardening Gang today on the radio, Coast FM 963. What can I say but Coast FM 963, The Gardening Gang with Pete and Sherlin this morning and talking about companions, Mm -hmm. Clara is one of our experts here from Permaculture New South Wales. Central Coast. Central Coast, of course. (laughs) Is it the perfect mixture when you put the right plants together as a companion exercise? Look, it completely depends on what you're trying to achieve. In permaculture, we often refer to groupings of plants as guilds or a food forest or something like that. But when we're talking about in the garden, I guess you've just got to think about what you want to achieve. If you're someone who's really interested in having a very pretty flower patch, then you're probably going to group things based on colours and size. And if you're looking to have a productive permaculture patch, you might group things based on usefulness. You know me, Pete, um, I'm a lazy gardener at heart, so I am always going to group things so that I have to do the least amount of work in my garden. It's kind of like how you and Sherilyn work so well together because she carries the show for you. Oh, yes! Yes, I'm glad somebody has acknowledged this at last. Let's just say that you tend to be taking a scattergun approach in your garden. Scattergun? Everything is meticulously planned to optimise my laziness, (laughs) people. Well, on that basis, I mean, I would have thought Sherilyn would go for a pretty-looking garden. Uh, I'm going for one that's Mm -hmm. low-maintenance. And how would you describe yours in one word, Clara? Abundant. Abundant. That's my word. Okay. Right. Well, Sherlyn, you I, I think that that's really interesting. You think that about my garden. My garden is mostly native. It's and it's quite wild looking. Not wild. You'd call it wild, but mine is very much. It looks like the Australian bush. Maybe you've got the scattergun yeah. approach. Maybe I do, but I love the theory of companion planting to help plants out. What do people actually mean by companion planting, though? Well, when we think about a plant that is not companion planted, that would be a monocrop. So that's how our industrial agriculture system works. So when you go out and you see a big 
wheat field. That's all wheat. If mm-hmm. you go out to the big banana and see the banana orchards, that's all banana. In fact, all of those bananas are clones of each other. That's how identical they are. Mm. But us home gardeners, we're not really looking to do something on an industrial scale. So when we talk about companion planting, we talk about how we're putting all our little plants together in one bed because just having rows of things can be quite boring sometimes. So there, there isn't anything like an actual monocrop system out in the wild. So plants naturally have companions. They want to be together and they help each other out. They communicate with each other. They also work with all the microbes in the soil. They talk to each other through mycelial networks and it's just a whole big happy plant party. And what are the benefits of them being in this happy plant party? Well, different plants are going to want different nutrients. So mm-hmm. one thing that I like to do is also always make sure that I've got a leguminous crop, which is something that's like a bean, in with my other plants because I know that the legumes are nitrogen fixing. Mm. So they're going to attract a particular microbe that is going to create more nitrogen in the soil, whereas something like my tomato is going to be very nitrogen sucking. So what I will try to do is think about the fact that if I'm going to have something sucking out nitrogen, like a tomato, Mm -hmm. to pop in some beans to make sure that there's something fixing back in that nitrogen. So it's all about, you know, when you put on a cheese platter, if every single person at your party is going to go straight for the Monterey Jack, then, well, that's going to run out real quick. (laughs) Just for a comparison here, when Sherilyn and I were looking for the life partners for our companionship, (laughs) um, and uh, we've we've been through that, uh, we've had the ups and downs of life, of course. Oh, you found someone, did you? (laughs) For the last 50 years. Oh, all right. Casual affair it is. Good job. <laughs> you look for the uh, sometimes you look for the uh, people hearing who, impaired who don't have what you've got. <laughs> you know what I mean, like money. <laughs> Is it the same thing with choosing flowers? You try and fix in the negatives of one with the positives of the other. So That's right, and so and also you want to think about different sizes. So if you want, if you've got something tall, it's good to pair it with something short, and so that something all fits in nicely together. Thank you, Clara. You're welcome, gangsters. We've been speaking with Clara Rosa from Permaculture Central Coast and also Clara's Urban Mini Farm about companion planting. What goes with what? How to keep your parties interesting. Variety. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what about we talk to someone next that uh, has interest in indoor planting for companions? I think I know. Oh, well, companion planting indoors. I think I know just the person. That's next on Coast FM's Garden Gang. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy, this is the Gardening Gang every Saturday morning being sponsored on Coast FM by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. They're our companion sponsors. As you know, we talked to Clara about companion planning outdoors and Rachel O'Kell wants even, uh, even time. Does she? She's insisting <laughs> She's that the indoor plant, indoor plant ah, people yes. want the same opportunity mm-hmm. as the outdoor plant people. All so right. Rachel's on the line right now. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning. Companion planting uh, works okay and totally understand how that would work outside, but where do you see the differences and the commonalities with companion planting indoors? Ooh. Rachel, what do you think? So... Companion planting is all about growing plants together, which get along and help each other in some way. Inside, one of the main ways we want our indoor plants to grow together is simply by grouping them together because this creates what we call a microclimate. 
Oh, really? The plants, In, indoors, yeah, indoors. Absolutely, absolutely. Hmm. So, without plants, obviously, you have microclimates throughout your home because there's different humidity levels, there's different light, there's different airflow. Okay. But yep. what, our, what our plants want is obviously, you know, a good amount of light and a good amount of airflow, but they also like high humidity. So when we put them together, when we group our plants together, this mm-hmm. creates a more humid microclimate because the way that plants transpire, mm-hmm. they share that transpiration process, they share that humidity they create with one another, and hmm. it makes them happier. It's they like they're like all well, breathing on each other. They don't want to be by themselves. That's I it. They're breathing. They're like, because you had mentioned before that air conditioning vents exposed to the plants are not good. Mm. And That's I'll hang on to that at home particularly. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Because it generally will create a drier environment. It takes the humidity out of the air. Hmm. And most of those indoor type plants, they like a bit more moisture, don't they? They're, 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 that's yeah, the sort of plants exactly. they are. Mm. Exactly. Generally speaking, mm-hmm. the majority of your house plants are coming from a rainforest environment, which is drastically different from our home. Do you think they talk and converse? They don't talk to each other in the same way that we talk to each other, but right. they do create vibration. Oh. So when they're close enough to each other, there's vibrations, but not that we can feel, mm-hmm. but that other plants can feel. So they can, the research says, they, they can communicate through vibrations. Mm-hmm. And I- if we're talking to them, they hear our vibrations as well and in music and things like that. Okay, I thought Pete was getting a bit paranoid there. That's all that his plants no. were talking about him. Like, he I doesn't mean, look, look after us. He doesn't. I can't, you, I can't direct you to the exact study, but there was a, there was an article in The Guardian right. that I was interviewed oh, for. Oh, that'll do me. Which that'll is linked on my web, right. It was linked on my website. So if you want to read it, <laughs> um, it does talk about how they communicate. But there is another way um, that you can companion plant with your indoor plants, mm-hmm. and that is potting them up together instead ah. of having them in individual pots. I like to make little scenery sort of bits, you know. Yeah. I like things to look like I've got almost like a bunch You're of flowers a very or something. Person, I do. You? I like to make a scene. That's it. Absolutely. <laughs> always in one. You just need to make sure that we're choosing plants the same way where we're companion planting outside. We're choosing plants that want to grow together. So mm-hmm. if you're going to plant up a snake plant, like a Sansevieria plant, mm-hmm. then that needs to be planted up with something that has the same requirements like water requirements so you could choose something like an aloe vera if you've got a high enough light position mm-hmm. or some or some sort of um, trailing ripsalis because mm. you know they're, they're succulent so they like similar things mm. um, or you know string of pearls something that's going to have the same sort of water requirements light requirements that your um, your plants want. Right. I get it. You wouldn't be putting like a cactus with an African violet together because it's, yeah, that would be a disaster. (laughs) Totally different water requirements, totally different light requirements. I love the, they call it the thrill, frill, spill method. So there's like a plant that's there to thrill you, a plant that's there to fill the pot, and then a plant that spills over. I like that. Yes. Oh, Rachel, like I've got to get you back for a moment here about office plants. If they could talk, just imagine the secrets that would come out. <laughs> Especially at Coast <laughs> FM. Oh, dear. Well, that's been very, very helpful today to thrill, to spill, to what was it on? Chill, was it? 
Phil. 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 Thrill, Phil, Phil. I like and that. Rachel is always available for selection at uh, Our Green Sanctuary. She'd mm, uh, sure be am. delighted to, to assist her for a small fee, of course, in uh, how you set up your indoor plants. That's right. You can find her online. You can find her on Instagram as well. If you like the Graham G, she's got some nice plant pictures there. Thanks for joining us today, Rachel. And you'll find her here Thank with the gardening you. gang. Thank always. you so much, Rachel. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great weekend. You're listening to Coast FM and you're at home with the Gardening Gang with Pete and Cheryl and, and Rachel O'Kell today. Home of the classic hits, Coast FM 963. Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy today. <laughs> Had a call from um, Rhonda. Hmm? Uh, Rhonda lives on the coast and hasn't lived here long. Okay. And she said, this is the second season, Pete and Cheryl, and I've had this milky kind of surface on my zucchinis. We talked about zucchinis last week. Oh, we did. Remember, we Having talked too about many them zucchinis. turning into marrows. Yes, yes, yes. Well, now Rhonda's sort of jumping on the bandwagon <laughs> and indicating to us that uh, maybe the Central Coast conditions aren't very good. Oh! <laughs> because she's getting this milky stuff. It's a milky, powdery look to the leaves. Now, this is the dreaded powdery mildew. It looks really scary. It looks like somebody has sort of opened up a, a thing of milk all over your leaves and it's dried out or talcum powder or something. Now, if it's left unchecked, it'll eventually cause serious damage to your plants and they will really? die. Okay. Yeah, and it's caused by weather conditions pretty much like they are now. It's humid, there's a bit of rain around, but not enough to sort of wash it all away. And it's a type of fungus. Now... Can you wash it off? Yeah, look. No, you're putting more sort of water on there. That's the problem. Oh, okay. So there are things that you can go to the nursery and buy, the chemicals, but let's look at no chemicals, okay. I love this one. This is the soap and baking powder solution. And you mix one tablespoon of baking powder and a half a teaspoon of liquid soap, like just your palm olive dishwashing, you know, stuff. Or into, <laughs> the cheap one. <laughs> into about four litres of water, Shake it up, spray it all over those leaves, and it should kill it off, kill off the fungus. That's it. Don't do it in the, take in the long, sunlight. Would it be like no, 24 no, hours? No, 24 hours. Do it in the evening. Okay, That's a really a good yeah, one. Another one is milk using one part milk to two to three parts of water. I like that one. I actually like the milk ones. Gives a sort of environment that kills off that fungus. Remove the leaves that are looking really dead because you, you don't want the plant to be struggling to keep that plant alive. The zucchinis that are growing there already, they're fine to eat. Just give them a wipe down if they've got any on there. It's not going to make you sick or anything like that. So, what are the other plants apart from zucchinis yep. with these mm-hmm. uh, this milky stuff? Oh effect? my goodness! Pumpkins? Yeah, pumpkins. Any of those sort of marrows, anything like that. That they've got the big leaves it can affect anything it really can you can right. find it all around there but a lot of the vegetables it'll it'll attack and it'll go on to and it's when you don't have enough spacing in your leaves and your plants as well so if everything's overcrowded it gets humid it's if like they're us too good a companion they're too right? good a companion that's right sometimes okay. you know some friends can just overstay their welcome yeah, and that's a bit like right. that well had Rhonda found out some information there that uh, you know we yeah. like to share here at the gang we do one. I love it. it's all about zucchinis this month isn't it oh. Boy, oh, boy. <laughs> Coast FM, thanks, Cheryl. Uh, Coast FM, Pete Little, Cheryl and Darcy here every Saturday morning with the gardening gang. Thanks to Alan Graham's caravans and RVs at uh, Wyoming and uh, also Doormaster, Security Doors and Windows. Thanks, guys. Your Crimsafe company. Ooh. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy having a great day today. We're talking about all those wonderful ways and means to have those wonderful companion planting. Yes. Uh, one of our regular... 
Gardening Gang companions, it's going to be What's Hot Vicky. Yay! Hello, Vicky. Yoda Lee. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's over in Switzerland, is she? Sounds that like it, doesn't it? Yeah. With <laughs> some of her other companions, anyway. <laughs> okay, now, Vicky, you've got hot news about what's happening around the nurseries at the Central Coast for us every Saturday morning. What about this yes, week? Yes, I do. Yeah, well, let's start with some bargains. So Burbank at Erina Heights, they have 30% of all roses. That's while stocks last and you get all the different colourful ones. So I reckon that's something to get hopping to. Oh, yes. Forest's Beach Garden Centre have got the little native yellow buttons mm-hmm. of Chrysocephalum, which is a low-spreading native perennial. They look really gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And Impact Plants at Empire Bay are loaded up on harder-to-find tropical plants. And while you're there, you can also stop in and have a cuppa. I've heard they've got a really nice cafe. Mm. King Cumber Homewares, they've set up all of their plant and pot combos. They can go in there for some inspiration if you're looking to jazz up your home. And YE Nursery have a carnivorous plant workshop coming. It's in February, so call store for further details. Those workshops at YE Nursery, Pete, are very, very popular. I don't think we I'll could even get I'd be worried about in. those carnivorous plants. Don't <laughs> get your fingers in there. <laughs> yeah. There's a finger. What about, like, if they had Audrey the second from Little Shop of Horrors? Ooh, that would be something. I'd love that. I'd be there. Quick kids away. <laughs> uh, well, dust the mind boggles. Now, Vic, you've been uh, looking around your own nursery down there at uh, Narara, Narara Valley Nursery. What's uh, on the deal there? What deals have you come up with there? Well, you may remember this little catch cry, holy soling. It's an indoor plant. <laughs> there are so many lush indoor plants, it will blow everybody's mind. And don't forget, it's 20% off all of these plants and all plants in the nursery. So how good is that? I'm big, heavy excited. Yes. Check our Facebook out for photos if you really want to. But, yes, it's definitely the holy foliage indoor plants that are here this week. Amazing. Mm. Now time for our fabulous Saturday morning challenge in the Fact or Fib game. Woohoo! Let's go, Vicky Woo-hoo. and Pete and Coasty's playing along at home. I'm glad, Vicky, you were talking about indoor plants because a lot of our indoor friends are actually palm trees as well. But is this a fact as well? Recently, a brand new palm tree was discovered in Borneo. Now, palm trees have their fruit and flowers above ground, up in the leaves. Vicky, Pete, you've seen that, all the beautiful little flowers and this. Well, this fellow, his name was Paul Chai, first noticed a palm growing in a wildlife sanctuary in Borneo in the 1990s. But he dug down because he couldn't see the flowers or the fruit and they were underground. So their flowers and their fruit were underground. But nobody believed him. But just recently, he found it again. Is it a fact Or is it a fib that Paul Chai has rediscovered a palm tree that has its fruit and its flowers underground, which would be the first and the only palm tree to do such? I just can't get my head around a palm tree with its flowers underground. Mm. Who's pollinating flowers underground? That's my question. Mm. Vicky, uh, you can have first stab today. (laughs) Is this a fact or a fib? Yeah, I'm going to go with it. True, I think this is going to be an earthworm pollinator. <laughs> okay, well, I, I think I'm going to take the counter point there. I don't think that's possible. Uh, being the botanist, I'm not. No, it's a fib. Well, Vicky, it's not earthworms. It's beetles that are pollinating those little flowers <laughs> underground of the Pingara subterranea <laughs> palm tree. 
not new to Indigenous people in the area. They've all gone, oh, Paul Chai, we know all about it. We've seen that apparently. There is such a palm tree well, that's been discovered. Well, who's this uh, fact or fib? Vicky has. Oh, okay. It's so true. It's absolutely I true. Walk out with my tail between my palm tree. Okay. <laughs> so sorry about that, Peter, but I'm smarter this okay. week. Okay. Thank you very much, Vicky. We all know that. We have uh, you on the ropes next week. Okay. We'll yeah. catch you. <laughs> There's what's on Vicky from Narara Valley Nursery, one of us. And two of us and three of us all get together every Saturday morning here at Coast FM. Have some fun. Thanks for joining us. And find out what's hot. Thanks, guys. Coast FM, Pete Little with uh, Sherilyn Darcy today. My very good friend is mm. uh, on my side today. And Steve, the bell ringer from our Hello, town crier. Steve. Steve, we'd have to say something <laughs> one day because... No, he's a bit shy. He is anyway, shy. Anyway, so Steve is heralding in the next segment of the program today, mm. and that is getting your hands dirty. This is real hard yakka. Getting your hands dirty, getting into the garden, really making it happen, yep. working that soil. Working the soil, that's right, getting it done. But first, what's on for plant lovers across the coast? This morning, 10am to 11am, we've got the Long Jetty Produce Swap. It's back, everybody, and it's not at Long Jetty anymore. It's at the Bado Bay Community Garden. Come along and swap out your excess organic produce for something you need or desire. Produce swaps also accept organic homemade items like jams, preserves and other treats. If you get there, you'll meet lots of companions as well, or new companions, new friends. Get into the Long Jetty Produce Swap, even if you have nothing to swap this time. Come on, you swappers, get amongst it. It's going to be fun. Because <laughs> you'll get a feel on how these swaps work. All right, the Long Jetty Produce Swap, 10am to 11am this morning. We're doing a lot of talking about swapping. Oh, dear. What about getting hands dirty? Eh? All right, this week in the garden, you can plant, as always, across the Central Coast because we've got such a great climate, all your culinary herbs. And then you can plant beans, beetroot, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbages, cape gooseberries, capsicums, cauliflowers, chicory, cucumbers, endives, leeks, lettuce, melons, mustard, radishes, rhubarb, rosella, silver beet, spring onions, squashes, sweet corn. Mm, still can get the tomatoes in. You can plant tomatoes, the tiny toms, all year round on the coast. They do really, really well. And zucchinis can just go in. You've only got a couple of weeks to go. Do it now. Lots of autumn flowers can go in, as well as asters, baronias, Californian poppies, coxcombs, cosmos, cyclamens, seeds of dahlias, not the tubers at the moment, geranium seeds as well, gerberas, marigolds, nasturtiums, and also salvias, snapdragons, sunflowers, a couple more weeks you can still do those, vincas and zinnias. Oh, it's unlimited here on the Central Coast to grow whatever you want. <laughs> Just about. Okay, well, thank you, Cheryl. That's very, very nice to hear that, uh, you know, 45,000 plants will grow on the coast <laughs> and you've just done uh, 42,000 of them. Thank you I so have. much. And if you want to see this list in print, grab the Coast Community newspaper this week. It's, it's out right across the coast or you can go online as well. Meantime, back to those classic hits on Coast FM with the Gardening Gang today. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy today with the Gardening Gang. Saturday morning also brings a little joy into our lives with the lovely Doreen. Good morning. 
Well, she's back in town today to talk about the markets here on the Central Coast for the weekend. So, okay, starting off today, Edelong Fresh Food Markets are being held at the Broken Bay Scout Hall on Picnic Parade between 7 and 1. You'll find fresh fruit and veggies, eggs, deli items and other things on sale. And Terrigal Beach Markets are on today between 9 and 3. Support local makers, designers and musicians at the Esplanade on the beautiful foreshore of Terrigal Beach. Mangrove Mountain Markets are being held today between 9 and 3 on the corner of Georgetown Drive and Blood Tree Road. They specialise in homemade preserves, cakes, crafts and plants. And that's it for today. Really? Mm. <laughs> the beautiful um, valleys and mountains of the Central Coast. And you took us all that way this morning. I did. What about I tomorrow? Did. Okay, tomorrow's markets. Lions Terrigal Car Boot Markets are on between 6.30 and 12. It's being held at the Lions Park Terrigal. There's a great variety of goods on sale, both new and secondhand, including plants, books, DVDs, fashion and homewares. And Tookley Lions Club Markets are also on. They're on near Coles Tookley between 8 and 1. Go along and browse through their stalls and grab a bargain or two. And another major market we have on tomorrow is Gosford City Farmers Market. It's on at the showground, the Gosford Showground, between 7 and 12. The stalls include local fruit and veggies, free-range eggs and grass-fed meat. There's also rustic breads and deli items, international foods and coffee. And to wrap it all up, the Entrance Lions Club Charity Market is being held again tomorrow between 8.30 and 12.30. It's on in the Denning Street car park, so browse through their second-hand goods and specialty items. Well, Doreen, of course, the, uh, the year is back to normal. Kids are back and mm. the markets are all back as well. So thank Absolutely. you for your report today. And where are we heading off to in the next uh, RV exciting adventure? Well, somewhere not too hot. I must say Bulladeela was nice near the river mm. and they have the best bathrooms. It's, I think it was the big four we stayed at, the proper caravan park there. The best bathrooms I've ever seen because they do like nice bathrooms. Oh, that's they important. Like, they were like so little en suites. You sort of oh. walked in into your own en suite. It had the, um, the shower and toilet all brand new mm. and it was all your own little area. So how much a night do they and, Well, my them? my... My boss is 200? in charge of all that. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> I think, oh, it might have been 50 or 60. I don't know. Oh, well, that's but, um, all right. Not, that's, for, that's for a site. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's lovely on the river there. We did find a nice cool breeze. The spot looking over the river was nice. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been the market <laughs> report and the camping report too. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> okay, Doreen, thanks. We'll catch you next week on Coast FM's Gardening Gang. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy, our big get-together on a Saturday morning. Been doing it for quite some years now mm. and really pumping out the information on gardening, but just a little aside about the uh, other things happening in the world. Uh, the Sarah Lee Company. Oh, yes. Um, they went into receivership last mm-hmm. year because of their parent company getting into all sorts of strife. Mm. But now we hear this week that uh, Sydney, I think they're Sydney-based company, Mm -hmm. Australian-based company, has bought it, has bought the brand. Whether they bought the factory, I don't know, but they bought the brand. (laughs) So many of the people that worked there initially Mm -hmm. and didn't quite know where their future was going to be will be having a job. But what's really interesting about all this is it's the same company who bought Daryl Lee chocolates. Okay. Oh. And have revived them into a quite a, a you know. They have. You see them. Significant player ev- in the candy world. You see them everywhere now. And I noticed lately Daryl Lee now has gone into the big chocolate blocks, the same as the Cadbury's, and they've got all these different flavours. They have like cheesecake flavoured. Well, they could do a 
Daryl Sarah Lee. Uh, that was my point. <laughs> could it be a companion yes. of Daryl and Sarah? They could do this. So I think they've already. I think they might have known something was happening because I did see Daryl Lee cheesecake flavored chocolate in Woolies the other day. Well, that's the giveaway. That's it, isn't it? It's very, very. And next we'll have chocolate ice cream with a. What will it be? The Daryl Lee flavours attached it, to it. It could have the bullets and the licorice bullets in it or something like uh, that. <laughs> mine doth boggle. It okay, could be interesting. but it's good to hear that a significant local company, in uh, mm. as much as we're talking about Sarah Lee, they've been here on the coast as long mm. as I have, is uh, there to work another day. I know, isn't it great? Yeah, it's, it's a good really good Central Coast story. It's fantastic. Well done. And yeah. thank you to the Quinn family who are putting their money where their ice cream is and their cheesecake. <laughs> Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy, Saturday morning with the Gardening Gang, turning our thoughts away from gardening for just a couple of moments because mm. we're going to go to the pet vet herself. Yes. Oh, well, the pet vet nurse. So, Here is Tanya. Tanya. Hello. <laughs> Hi, guys. Good morning. Feeling good, Tan? Well, it's a gorgeous day to be right. alive today. Uh, today's discussion <laughs> will spring on you. Uh, without any notification at all. It's all about uh, the names we give to our pets. Now, I'm aware that Sherilyn's got this uh, this mutt called Sailor. Oh, he is not I a mutt. I uh, know <laughs> that's an appropriate name for a dog, but it is for a seaman. So in your experience as a pet vet nurse, what are the appropriate Ooh. names to give to, to dogs or cats today? Is there a, a preferred approach to naming a pet or is it just pick one you like? It, it, you know, it's really funny because people give their pets a name, but then the name always there's always a nickname, yes. and then a nickname to a nick a nickname. Oh, that's true. That's so, true. So they always end up being called something totally different to their name. Um, so, for example, my cat Levi, mm-hmm. he gets Lee or Lily. Do you know what? Sailor gets called Sails. That's what I call really? him. Really? Or he's white. Here we go. I call him Potato Head. Yeah. <laughs> because he's yes. white. Yes. I go, come on, Potato Head. Because I just think he looks like a big potato. Well, we're famous in Australia for shortening names. So is that confusing to the, the pet if we give them a different name to what they've been used to? I, I imagine it must be very confusing. I don't think so. Um, you know, one thing I actually do love is if we get a stray dog that comes in and, you know, we look up their microchip number mm. and then on the on the microchip, you know, on the computer, we see their name mm-hmm. and I sort of go out, I find out their name, I go out the front and then I might call Rocky and then they turn around and they're like, oh, you know my name. Ah, and then they run straight okay. to me. <laughs> So they're smart <laughs> enough to pick up. Thing. Yeah. No, I've noticed that with dogs. Tag. People say to my dog when I'm walking along, like, hello, sailor, and that he's like, oh. You I have a well-known media profile <laughs> He's more famous on the Central Coast yeah, and your dog is. is just as famous. He is. <laughs> so what sort of names may be uh, confusing to an animal? Tan, what do you mm. reckon? Yeah, look, I definitely think if you're trying to train a dog, Given your dog a name that rhymes with, say, no, for example, mm-hmm. um, isn't perhaps the smartest thing to do. Uh, like Joe? So, or Noah. If you say Noah, it'd be like, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. That's a good point, Tan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, um, 
perhaps a name that rhymes with with walk or or you know something something that you're. I mean, I don't know what name. It'd be getting excited all the time. Dork. Dork. (laughs) I'm sure there's a dork out there somewhere. I'm sure there is. It's Australia. It'd have to be. They say never never name your dog Chuck. Yeah, you know. A lot of names, a lot of names that I could never, ever yep. call my child if I was to ever have children because I mm. just, I'm like, oh, Bella, no, that's a... So that's like many a, dogs. That's a staffy. Yeah. There's like, there's this point, Frankie, no, that's gone. There's so many names yeah. that I just, I just could never. Do you know what, Charlie? Pete? I just have a thing. Mm-hmm. I never call animals. Like human, human names. names. I just, I don't like it. I just, I don't, I don't know I'm, I'm going to be unpopular because there's so many, but I'm like animals and people names do not mix. I've always but had. But you see, you've <laughs> got a connection. Your husband was a sailing, sailor yeah. boy, so you call him sailor. Oh, I just and thought because he was white. And you the dog sailor boy. No, that's not, well, he was white and it just reminded me more ah. of a sailor uniform. That's what I thought. I thought that looks like a sailor uniform to me. Well, it's probably because my husband was in the Navy. Well, yes, well, true. Well, Tan, how did Levi come about, Tanya? Um, but you know, I just had to, I had him for a little while. I got him as a kitten from the RSPCA and it just sort of suited him. His real name is Leviticus. Oh, <laughs> oh there you We've go. Got a biblical name, okay. <laughs> biblical and, then, and then when I write, when I write about him, because I, I write children's stories, mm-hmm. um, I call him Levi the Brave. Oh, that's pretty cool. So, Tanya, talking about common names and good names to to give our pets. What would be the most common names for a dog that you've come across? Ruff? Bella. Bella. Oh, Bella. Bella. Yeah. What about the fellas? Bella's a beautiful name. Bella's a beautiful name. That's our grandkids' name. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous name. But, yeah, I know so many dogs named Bella. Boy dogs, probably Charlie. But then oh. Charlie's popular for Charlie's popular for girls as well. So, what would be the popular names for cats there, Tanya? Um, probably Max. Max is pretty popular for Max cats. Max the cat. I can. Oh, right. oh that's oh, yeah. it. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Not into the I not, actually, not I, Snappy Tom. I, <laughs> Tom cat. No, probably. I do love it when I I come across cats with with human names like. Um, um, there was a cat in hospital um, just the other day, and his name was Roger. Roger, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like I love that. Okay. And that is good. My- Tanya, thank you for your time this morning. Thanks, Tanya, how to name your dog and cat? We'll catch you next week, Tanya, with more from the pets on parade. Thanks, guys. With the gardening gang, Coast FM. Coast FM, Pete Little, Cheryl and Darcy here Saturday morning with the Gardening Gang. Lachlan McDonald, we're talking about the property report. Yes. Lachlan's back online. Now, last week in the Sydney Morning Herald, they were rabbiting on about uh, the need to uh, have the uh, the government readdress the whole issue of fines for people who illegally cut down trees on their land. Oh. And mm. these would be natives. I don't think it applies to a palm tree, does it? I think it's only natives. Uh, oh, yes. Well, in my experience, no. It would be native, native trees, trees and, yeah. and those that are deemed to be historic. Well, Lachlan, uh, you're probably aware. Uh, what, someone said $3,000 is the uh, current fine if you uh, get caught 
knocking down a tree from your property to improve the view? Would that be about the number you've yes. heard? Okay. Yeah, well, but, uh, certainly. $3,000, I think, $3,000, uh, $6,000 for a business. Now, that would have been probably a fairly stinging fine years ago. Mm-hmm. But these days when the blocks of land are like 800000 bucks to a million dollars just for a basic block, mm. that's only threepence. It $3, is. $3,000 right. is just a, nothing. a few blades of grass. <laughs> and, and uh, but I'm sure you can imagine, uh, you know, the, the cost, uh, you know, analysis when you look and go, hmm, that tree's blocking uh, my water view. I'm prepared <laughs> yeah. to pay $3,000 yeah. and yeah. go to court this and fight terrible. that. I had yeah. no idea it was so low. Well, I bring this to the attention of the gang and also mm. to the property industry. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it's not the responsibility of the um, the, 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 the agent to mm. to police this. But, Lachlan, what's the state of play now with all these things where they were applied to a block of land? Back when the legislation came out, land mm. was only like 40, 50 grand a block. Now it's mega. Are there other things that maybe the government should be looking at to review? Uh, certainly, which says, you know, as you say, people take into the sort of the cost of doing business, really. They go, yeah, okay, well, you know, we need to take down the tree and it's going to cost you a fine, but, uh, you know, you get what you want. And um, that's obviously not the way that it's intended to be. So that's definitely something which um, perhaps could be brought into line with the, the property value. Um, but the, um, the other thing, too, is obviously we've spoken about at length before is things like stamp duty. I mean, it was based on those sort of forty and fifty and sixty thousand uh, dollar blocks of land, yes, you know, yes, the percentages yes, yes. and things. Yep. Um, but it's such a lovely money spinner uh, for for the uh, for the government that um, you know you you know it's a sort of always uh, a real bone of contention. Um, mm. So that's that's one thing, I suppose. Um, you know, obviously, um, there's there's plenty of things that with property that as properties have increased over the years that maybe some of the the legislation that's in place doesn't quite match up. I mean. It's even the same with, with real estate and the sale of real estate is there's, you know, quite a bit of antiquated uh, legislation that doesn't match the digital way that we do business too. I know when I went and paid off my mortgage, this is a few years ago, I was really surprised that you don't, there's no deeds anymore. There's no paper deeds anymore. It's all really? digital. Yeah. Lachlan knows like, that. It comes in a cigarette box. They get nothing. <laughs> comes, yeah, it comes in a cigarette box. <laughs> no, yeah, no, you don't get anything. And then I had one and then they they gave it to me and they said, oh, I said, oh, that's great. They said, oh, you can just have it because I'm thinking I have to put it in a safety deposit uh, box. They said, I can just have it. I said, well, what will I do with it then? Put it on your wall. It's just, and she said at the bank, I won't say which bank, it's an antique now because everything's digital. And I went, where which did bank? that happen? <laughs> and, it, and you know what else? Lachlan knows this. Who looks after those digital files of uh, deeds? Chinese. Yeah, I I would have thought that they were provided, obviously, digitally, but uh, to the land titles office. Um, But is there something different to that? Ah, there is. I was told by the bank that it's a private company now that the government has engaged to look after all of our deeds. Detective Darcy, (laughs) you've done well. I was a bit like, oh, really? So but my deed is is with some private company. And I'm like, I don't like the idea of that. And she went, no, it's not a good, it's not good, is it? Not secure. Like, no. Not totally well, secure, um, let's, let's, let's hope they don't have a, uh, a, a cyber attack moment, Cheryl, <laughs> or you might come home and someone else is living in your house. Yeah, I know. I should have kept a little bit on my mortgage, you know, <laughs> so at least the bank had my papers. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you people crazy, you really are. Yeah. Well, you've heard it first here on The Gardening Gang, maybe the fines for knocking off the trees should be increased. Oh, a lot. They should be like 30,000. Do you think 30,000? Absolutely. What do you reckon, Lachlan? Do you think she's a bit tough or not? 30,000. No, I think, I think she's, she's, she's onto it, you know, because 
people just go ahead and do what they please. And yeah. unfortunately, yeah. what ends up happening then is is the people that benefit are the not-so-nice people, and um, yeah. that's not the way it should be. If you want a view, then you go pay for a block of land that is sitting on top of a hill or sitting right by the waterfront. That's what you do. Uh, you know, that sounds like a, um, a, a very positive approach there. Thank you very much, guys. Lachlan, thank you for your time. Have a nice weekend there out in the property uh, the property world. Good luck to you. Thanks, Thank you, Lachlan. guys. Cheers. There's Lachlan McDonald right. there from Ray White McDonald Partners appearing every week here with the Gardening Gang. Classic hits for a Saturday morning here at Coast FM 963. We've got uh, Mish Martin standing by after 10 with the Watts on show. Meantime, Sherilyn, we'll catch you next week. Shall we talk about next week's show now? No, it's a big surprise, but it's okay. going to be action-packed. Action-packed next week on Coast FM with the gang between 8 and 10. See you then.